I want to welcome all our locations. I'm Ryan. I'm the guy from the screen right there. And I just want to welcome you to this service. Everybody together, say what's on my shirt here. Say the word. Uh, You can do better than that. Let's say the word. Planted. So today we're going to talk about being planted versus buried. A lot of us in the room, whether you know it or not, you feel buried, but really you're planted. And so today we're going to jump into a scripture that will help you and I just say this word together. Okay, all right. So here we go. Psalm 1, 1 through 3 reads like this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. It's a mouthful, but there's something going on. You have to let go of something and then you have to grab a hold of something and then you're going to prosper in all you do. And the question I have to ask you right now is, do you want to prosper in all that you do? And if you and I were sitting down, if if you were really honest with me, you would say, absolutely, pastor, I want to prosper in all I do. Whether that's my relationship with God or my family or other people, I want to prosper in all that I do. So it's a really simple sermon. It'll be over really quickly. Let go of wickedness, cling to God, and you're going to prosper in all you do. Good night. I mean, that's really it. And if we ended right here, if you just concentrated on that idea, you would actually get everything you want. And I don't mean Lambos and all sorts of, you know, mansions. That's not what I'm talking about. But prospering is this other thing. And so really, we do have to talk a little bit about it. And we have to go verse by verse because there's this deeper meaning going on to truly prosper is this whole other idea. So let's start at the beginning. The the first verse says, blessed is the man who... And then he gives us a list of things to let go of. Blessed is this interesting word. It's the word enriched in the original language. And that word actually means the following, to improve the quality of something by adding something else. So why is the author saying blessed is the man and then telling us a list of things to get rid of? Well, let me explain it like this. When I was living in Africa, they would tell me this story over and over and over. One guy actually pulled me over, and they called me um, this, this African name. So they, would, they called, it, it was actually thankful. My name was thankful in their language. And I was like, man, that makes me want to cry. Like, you guys are way too nice. But he would call me over. He says, thankful, come over here. I got to tell you the story. You want to know how to catch a monkey? And I was like, actually, no, I don't want to know how to catch a monkey. But he said, all you got to do is buy this gourd. You are, go collect it, and you poke a hole in this gourd right? It, probably a berry. But you, you poke a hole in it and you get these nuts and you get these fruit and you stick it in the gourd. And the monkey will smell what it desires and it'll, it'll run down the tree to get to the gourd and it'll stick its hand in the gourd and grab a hold of what it wants and you've trapped it. You can eat monkey forever if you do this. And I said, I don't want to eat monkey ever. So this will be great. But he said, what happens is the monkey desires that thing so much that he will not let it go. And so you can trap as many as you want. Well, let me tell you how to trap a human. You, you poke a hole in a gourd and you stick exactly what they want. In... Pastor, are you calling me a monkey? Yeah, I probably am. 
it's as easy to catch you in something as it is to catch a monkey. Let me explain it this way. This verse says, enriched is the man or added to is the man who lets go of these things. He doesn't walk with the wicked or stand with sinners or sit with scoffers. Now it's a slow progression. Because no one shows up wicked the next day they try to do the wrong thing. They actually first sit with scoffers. They actually listen to these people making fun of other people. And then what happens, the longer they do that, is now they're going to stand with sinners. So when a sinner does something out of the ordinary, they're going to go, no, he's my friend and I'm backing him. Well, when you do that, you start to walk in wickedness. And all of a sudden, this slow progression where you are just a part of the funny joke becomes this walking in wickedness. And just like the monkey, to be free of that, you have to let it go. Now, I'm not talking frozen with the nice dress, sort of letting it go. It's this process of working it backwards. I'm no longer going to walk with the wicked. I'm no longer going to stand with the sinners. I'm no longer going to sit with the scoffers. Because, verse 2, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. When you let go of wickedness, all of a sudden your hand is open to receive something. And that's what the scripture is talking about. Now, when you can receive something, you're open to this idea that you can meditate on something other than wickedness. So students come to me all the time and they say this, Pastor Ryan, I want to stop doing, and they insert whatever sin they're, they're doing at the moment. And you know what I tell them? I say the only way to get rid of your sin is to grab a hold of something else when you want to sin. And they go, I've never heard that before. Because the reality is you cannot hold two things at the same time. You've got to let go of one and replace it with another. If you don't replace it with something, you can't actually let go of the other thing. Because it's actually got a hold of you. What I mean is David is talking about, let's go back to that. David is actually talking about this idea of meditating on the law of the Lord. David has a perspective of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He only has access to the first five books of the Bible, but he's memorized it. He's sat with it. He's chewed on it. He's, he's done all the work. And what happens is as he's done that work, it's easy to let go of wickedness. Because I can't hold on to two things at once. But our reference point is different. None of us have memorized the first five books of the Bible. In fact, our reference point is this completely other thing. And that comes from John. And it, it reads like this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, our reference point is Jesus, who is also the Word. So when I meditate on the Word or the law of God in my reference point, I'm doing two things at once. I'm reading about the person and work of Jesus, but I'm also receiving this Word. It's a double entendre. Jesus is the Word in this scripture. And so when I meditate on him and I begin to, to read the scriptures about him, I'm doing two things at once. And I can't be wicked if I'm righteous. I can't hold on to those two things the same way the monkey, all he's got to do is let go of the thing that's entrapped him to get free. And that's the same thing with us. And if you can accomplish those two things, we move to verse 3, which is he is like a tree 
Y'all ain't, y'all ain't with me tonight, you know what I'm saying? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. And its leaf does not wither. In all that it does, he prospers. Now, there's an interesting turn of phrase here. He says, he is like a tree planted. Most of the time, you don't plant a tree. You plant a seed. And in this seed, it goes through a process. And that process is digging the earth out and dropping the seed in. There's darkness. There's this moment where it's, the potential is still inside the seed, but it has to grow. It has to push out. It has to grab nutrients that aren't in itself. It has to go somewhere else that it's never been before. If I throw a seed on this table, we can't see an oak tree but we could see the potential of something if we access the DNA that is the seed. If it sits on the table, it's never going to grow. It's never going to go through this process of germination. It's never going to push outside of itself to get the nutrients it needs. And so therefore, it will never become what it was supposed to become. The Bible actually talks about this. It talks about this idea of an image being implanted in us. There's a DNA that's inside of each of us that if we could just access it, both intellectually and physically and spiritually, we would begin to grow. We wouldn't feel buried any longer. We would feel planted. Some of you right now, you could think back to maybe this week where you felt buried in work or you felt buried in marriage or you felt buried in that divorce that just came through or you feel buried in debt or you feel buried in some kind of circumstance. But let's just be real with ourselves. Being buried and planted is the same thing. A seed has to be buried to be, plant, to be planted. So, Pastor, what's the difference? The perspective that the seed has. The perspective that the seed has. If you are buried, there is no hope of the future. So you don't push out. You don't grow. You don't change. You don't, you don't adapt. You don't go through this process. You don't crave adversity. You don't crave opposition. You just sit there and you're dead. But the potential isn't dead. The perspective is dead. When you are planted, though, there is hope. There is change. There is possibility. I can push forward you know what? Give me more manure. Because I know that when you do that, I'm going to grow even more. That wind, that adversity is going to change me. But in the process of changing me, I'm going to become my full potential, everything that God wanted me to be in the first place. If you study oak trees, the only reason why they grow so tall is because they're, bar- they're buried or planted in places where there's so much adversity environmentally. They have to withstand it to grow tall. But the Bible says this, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them and God blessed them. Oh, he enriched them. There's another word that actually means to be fruitful and multiply. That's the one they're using there, but it's interesting that blessed is there. But more importantly, there's this, we are created in the image of God. The DNA is imprinted on us. But many of us think we're buried. Oh, Pastor Ryan, you don't understand my situation. I'm buried in X. Okay. 
Are you buried or are you planted? What image is on you? One of my favorite pastors, he was telling a story. He was telling this story about Jesus when they asked him about tax collecting. And they said, should, should we pay taxes? And Jesus said, throw me a coin. So they threw him a coin, and I imagine he catches it. And he turns it around to them, and he says, well, whose image is on it? Like that. And they said, Caesar's. So he goes, ah, throws it back. This is just me, like, working it out, right? So he throws it back, and he says, give to Caesar's what's Caesar's, and give to God what's, what's God's. And they walk away. Oh, man, we got to pay taxes. The problem is they didn't ask the follow-up question. What is God's? Now, the interesting thing about this teacher is he said, what Jesus would have said back is, whose image is on them? Don't miss this. If you know the image that is on you, and you know that you are planted, you will face the adversity and go, I'm all right. I'm going to be all right. I was talking with a pastor this, that just recently. He's telling me all these things he's having a trouble with. And I said, okay, how do you feel? And he goes, I feel buried. I feel overwhelmed and under pressure and under gravity and all these things. And I said, guess what? You're about to grow. He looked at me like, I hate you. <laughs> because nobody in adversity wants you to tell them that's actually the very thing you need. None of us actually sign up for adversity. No one, if we put a sheet out and said, who wants more adversity, there would be no one in line for it. But we all know that adversity actually transforms us. Let's read this again, though. The verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in, in its season and its leaf does not wither in all that he does. He prospers. The streams of water that he's buried by is this guy named Jesus, the living water. And when he knows the image of, right, he's an image bearer, so he goes, Father, what do you want me to do? And his father says, stand still in the adversity. Stand firm, trust me, believe that I'm doing something in you. Oh, but I'm also doing something else because there's this fruit that's about to pop out. It's going to come in a season that you're not expecting. The season isn't on your timing. I've got this clock, and it's sort of just spinning. And I know the season, but I know what it's going to take for you, you to have the fruit that then helps other people, and you need this adversity. So I don't need you to rush this. I need you to be patient, but I'm going to give you leaves that do not wither. Now, interesting thing about leaves is they protect the fruit. So not only am I give you, give you the sustenance from the dirt, I'm also going to give you the sustenance to take care of the thing that you fear will never come. Oh, pastor, I'm never going to get married. Yeah, you are. It's probably good that you're not right now. I'll just be honest. Because there are things in your life that need to develop. The root system has to grow out more before you're ready for that first fight when she says put the socks over there, not right here. Because you've got to be ready. You've got to be prepared. The wind actually, they, they say the best way to train is in the wind. Because you know, they, you know if you're actually going to go through with the training or not. 
So the first day you start running, run against the wind. No, that sounds like a bad idea. Well, if you can run against the wind, the wind once, you can run twice or three times or four times, and it's the truth. When we seek out adversity, now not, don't steal a car and go to jail tonight, but when we seek out adversity, when we actually see it as an opportunity for growth where God is doing something in us and we know the image that is on our life, which is this image that says you're planted. No matter your situation, no matter where you are, you're planted. Imagine what it would look like if you actually lived like that. When you called your mom and she said, hey, what's the update on life? Well, you know what? I'm stressed out. Work is hard. Uh, people are getting fired in my department. Things are just not all right. But you know what? I'm planted. What? Sounds like life sucks out there. No, I'm planted. Which means it doesn't matter what I have to go through. I know whose I am. It's not who you are. It's whose you are. If I know whose I am, then whatever comes my way, I'm willing to, to push deeper. The stronger the root system, the better the tree will live, will grow. If you don't have a strong root system, you won't grow at all. I lived in Guyana for a while, and there's trees there that actually block the seawalls, and what they do is they grow together. The root system actually grows above the ground, and it interlocks with one another. So when you're planted and someone else who is also planted in the living water comes along, and they link with you, and they say, you know what? Life really is not what you want it to be, but you're planted. All of a sudden, the strength of that root system now can block anything. So guess what? you got to change the way you talk to yourself. The application is you've got to start saying, no, I'm not buried. It seems like it. It's dark. Things aren't going the way I want to, but I know I'm planted. And you have to say these things. Paul, Paul was this guy who was an incredible, he actually killed Christians and then God transformed his life and he began to share the gospel all over the world he was shipwrecked and beaten and stoned and left for dead so many times you can't even count. And he said this in Philippians, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. I started this thing with my kids, and it goes like this. Hey, when you wake up in the morning, the first thought that comes out of your mind and spoken by your, your language is something you're thankful for. The minute you wake up, thankfulness. Not, where's mom? Thankfulness. Why? Let's show the list. Because all of a sudden, when we begin to start speaking the truth about the image that's on us, it starts to transform who we are. Our words actually help us take the action in faith that we need to take. If we're not speaking the words, we can't take the action. Oh, I'm buried in debt, Pastor. Oh, well, hold on, hold on, hold the phone. Is that true? Yeah, you're in a sticky situation where you owe a lot of money to somebody else. And that sounds like you're buried in debt. 
But it also sounds like an opportunity to learn how to not be in debt. Hold on. What? Yes. You learned how to get there. Now you got to learn how to get out of that. And the truth is that you are where you are for a reason because there's something going on in you. And if you run against it, you're not going to grow. You're going to sit on the table like that seed I mentioned earlier. And nobody, not even me, no one, not even your worst enemy wants that for you. We want to see the DNA and potential of your life begin to expand and grow and change. I think it was Emerson that said, in one acorn, there's an entire forest of oak trees. Hold on a second. So if one of you activated on the truth, on what's honorable, on what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's commendable, what's excellent, and what's worthy of praise, that a whole forest of shade for everybody else could happen? Yes. Yes, if you're planted by streams of water and and your fruit is being Uh, protected man all sorts of people are going to get fed by that but you got to stand firm in what you're in you got to stay come on you got to stay planted you got to stay planted and every time your mind or anything happens and you go oh no I'm buried you go is that true no that's not true I'm planted It's dark, it's lonely, nobody's here, nobody sees what I have to go through. It doesn't matter because they're going to get shade from your tree later. It doesn't matter what you have to go through right now. If you're planted, you're not worried about the result. You're just worried about the living water. And to prosper in all you do, like the verse says, is to be consistent as a planted tree next to those streams of water, you're not worried about the fruit and you're not worried about the season. You're prospering because your mindset is fixed on the things and work of Jesus. And if Jesus has me here and he's growing me, then I can't mess this up. I can't mess anything up if I'm planted. You are planted. I rewrote the verse just to make it really easy for us. You are like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all you do, you prosper. You're not buried, you're planted. Let's pray. God, we come before you and we just thank you for the truth that your image is imprinted on us. That nothing we are experiencing right now is outside of what you are doing in and through us you actually placed everything we need right now so we could learn to trust you so our character could be built so we could change we could become exactly what you always planned us to be Lord, remind us that we are planted and every time we feel buried may our words tell us what the truth is. May you remind us that we are planted. In Jesus' name, amen.